Is this really all they had to worry about? Boys? Movies? Deciding which shirt goes with which skirt? It's bizarre. Get up. We're leaving. And if I say no? Do you even realize what your life means? Huh? Running off like that, putting yourself at risk? It's pretty goddamn stupid. Well, I guess we're both disappointed with each other then. What do you want from me? Admit that you wanted to get rid of me the whole time. Tommy knows this area oh, better fuck than... That. Well, I'm sorry. I trust him better than I trust myself. Stop with the bullshit. What are you so afraid of? That I'm gonna end up like Sam? I can't get infected. I can take care of myself. How many close calls have we had? Well, we seem to be doing all right so far. And now you'll be doing even better with Tommy. Not her, you know. What? Maria told me about Sarah. Ellie? And... You are treading on some mighty thin ice here. I'm sorry about your daughter, Joel, but I have lost people too. You have no idea what loss is. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. So don't tell me that I would be safer with someone else because the truth is I would just be more scared. PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. This is episode 37, and I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Kuma to my Cami, John. John, I know you don't listen to the intro to this, but I added the patented PlayStation Bing sound. Do you know why I did that? No, why did you do that, Nick? Because the creator of that sound died died. 10 days ago, Toru Akata. and hearing that sound, it's iconic. Like, every PlayStation ad starts with it. So even if I'm, like, in another room and I hear it, I'm like, oh, what PlayStation ad? <laughs> yeah. I've seen you many times, like, perk <laughs> up when it, when it happens. That's yeah, fair. And, and, and as far as marketing, that's a that's an amazing feat, right? To associate a yeah. sound with your entire uh, platform yeah. that everyone knows when it comes, like, what that means. <laughs> or he know, fucking, so. uh, he, he Pavlov'd us, you know, Pavlov's dog, where they, you know, they ring the bell, they get food, that thing, <laughs> that's what they did to us. Yeah, you know, exactly. ring the bell, what, what, what video games, what? Yeah. So, yeah, RIP, man, that's, that's, uh, that's a very important part of the, the PlayStation brand, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so I think I'm gonna, it's gonna be part of the beginning of our podcast for a little bit here, in Love honor it. of him, and to get everyone else to... Uh, when they hear it, think of PlayStation Pals now instead. Okay. Oh, just no, yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just slide right. We'll just slide right in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll only take a good 25, 30 years, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into the show because we got a packed show because somebody actually had a showcase this week, and I'm oh, really oh. eager to talk about. Wait, 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 wait! Don't use the word showcase, Nick. Okay, that's, that's a little state of play. Okay, better. <laughs> okay. 
better. Uh, this is how our show works. Each of us bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a news topic, any topic really, a DM to PSPalsPod on Twitter. Any of those things, uh, we bring it and we talk about it. And uh, in regards to the first topic, this state of play, I guess, John, this is going to be our last episode of the show. Why? Um, what because, happened? Because, you know, when we were doing the DEF CON level, we were like, there's no way that they're going to have a, a state of play the week that PSVR 2 launches. You don't <laughs> yeah. want to take away from the launch of your $550 piece of hardware. They, they can't do that. So Yeah, let's just... unveil more games after it comes out to, <laughs> to, to really you know curb our pre-order numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good idea, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And well, it was, what, Tuesday? They announced it for Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the new the new MO of the Nintendo Direct style where you announce it and it's there and it's you can't even you can't even like think about it. You know, we can't even have a predictions episode because it came and it went. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm very pleased and mad at the same time. So, you know, if they want to keep <laughs> doing this stuff, that's cool, but uh, for all of us, you know, amateur podcasters out there, throw us a bone, Jim Ryan. Come on, give us a little bit of a little bit of prep work, a little bit of a chance to compete with these big boys. Yeah, and I wonder if it has something to do with just the you know the leaks, which they've been played with before. That uh, that they're just like, well, it's all by the you know seat of their pants. Yeah, I mean, I I do I subscribe to that notion that. Uh, ever since the release of Cyberpunk, I really do think that was that the genesis of this shift in the industry of just everything is closer to the vest. If we can hold it, keep it. If you can, you know, launch it uh, as short of a time as possible between announcement and launch, do it. Um, so I think this just could kind of line up with that philosophy. It's just like, yeah, people, video games are more popular, obviously, than they've ever been. Uh, we don't need to drum up excitement. Like, when we post this shit, it's going to spread and we're not going to see any drop in viewership for it. So right. it's, I think it's something along those lines. Sure. Probably. But yeah. uh, let's, let's go through it. We'll, uh, we'll save our overall thoughts at the end, but we'll go through each uh, individual announcement um, sure. in, in order, except for this first part, because uh, they did sneak this in here. <laughs> the PlayStation Plus Essential Games uh, for March are as of following Battlefield 2042 by Dutch. <laughs> 65 on Open Critic. <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons from Mojang. 74 on Open Critic. And Code Vein by Bandai, Bandai Namco at a 75 on Open Critic. Do you have any additional things to add to these three titles? Code nope, Vein's kind of the, the weird one. It's just a third uh, Souls game anime version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I think this is obviously one of the worst months we've seen in a while, and it's also <laughs> probably, uh, I, I hope it's not a sign that they're going to start tailoring back a little bit on Essentials, but I think it's more just because they're, as we'll talk about coming up here in a second, is Chia is coming day and date to Extra. Um, mm -hmm. And we're probably seeing, you know, we, we aren't privy to these numbers, but I would imagine most of the people that they care about as a corporation are in the Extra tier anyway, so... Yeah. Sure. You know, it's fine. I When I saw this, I didn't get excited at all, but I thought for at least a quick second that, like, hmm, Minecraft Dungeons might be a cool game to play with my six-year-old. So, sure. you know, might have that at least. Sure. And then moving on, we also got a sneak peek into the extra games for March, as you mentioned, and which we'll talk about a little later because they got a trailer. Chia is going to be a day one launch similar to Stray. So uh, if you're subscribed to PlayStation Plus Extra, you get that game on release day, which will be March 21st for all these games. Love it. 
Uh, included in that were a couple more teases. We got Rainbow Six Extraction, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Ghostwire Tokyo, and Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. John, do you have anything to add to any of those games? Uh, no, obviously, uh, if you haven't played Uncharted, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm honest. excited for I'm excited for Chia. I mean, I think uh, what we've seen in these past couple trailers in the last week look really promising. I think it's going to be a nice chill experience with some, you know, the if the soul jumping mechanic where you can basically uh, take control of an animal or sometimes even it seems inanimate objects like a, a boulder or something. Uh, I think it could be pretty cool. I, I like physics-based games um, and one thing that, you know, specifically stood out to me was, you know, she, I think, launched a coconut. She used a tree to like slingshot a coconut across a river and then soul jumped into the coconut right after she launched it to get herself across <laughs> the river. I was like, oh, that's really, like, if you can, if they can replicate that over and over and over again to kind of have a cool sense of uh, mobility or what have you, uh, I think it could be a nice little, nice little romp. At least, yeah. certainly better than Stray, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. But yeah, that that, that idea of like yeah. a, a playground where there are multiple ways to tackle a puzzle. Um, you know, maybe you possess a bird and you could have gotten across and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's a fun concept, and again, it's always good for these games like. I don't think very many people are going to be drawn to this game, even though it, it does look very pretty and it has neat mechanics. Uh, yeah. Putting it on extra will just you know put a big spotlight on it. Yeah, we'll just see if it gets nominated for every single Game of the Year award again, <laughs> just like straight it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll lower my salt levels. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it, was, it was nine months ago, John. Nine <laughs> months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but let's get into the actual like the announcements from the show. Uh, they they previewed before the show even started that we knew ahead of time we were getting five VR titles. There was going to be third parties there, and then we were going to get 15 minutes of Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. And so they kicked the thing off with that exactly the five VR titles, uh, and those five were the and there these are all coming in this year. They're not out yet. Um, the Foglands by Well Told Entertainment, Synapse by In Dream Studio, Green Hell VR by Incuvo, Journey to Foundation by Archiat, and Before Your Eyes by Goodbye World Games. Uh, John, did any of these look good to you? You know, it's really hard to get a, a sense of <laughs> a VR game, at least maybe because we have so much less experience with it than we do standard console gaming. So it's it's hard to say that any of these jumped out to me. What I will say is I think uh, the, the Foglands, uh, I like that it was more than just shooty-shooty, which it seems to be like a lot of these VR games are still. You know, there was, I, was that the one where you kind of had magic in one hand, right? And you had mm -hmm. your gun in the other and you could do stuff. So like that could be kind of cool. Um, and then just literally the fact that um, Journey to Foundation is based on Isaac Asimov's uh, sci-fi series. I haven't personally read them, but I have a lot of friends who have. And if you don't know what this series is, it's it's kind of regarded as one of those uh, really, really, really important sci-fi stories that kind of started to develop the genre itself. I believe it was written back in the 50s. So uh, super important story from what I've heard. It's excellent. If they can, you know, kind of capture some of the storytelling in that, which I think will be tough from a VR game, uh, but it might be possible, then I think that could be cool uh, because we really haven't started, we haven't really seen anything narrative to blow people away in VR. That's not what it's there for. It's there to, mm -hmm. you know, immerse you to uh, kind of show you little cool tricks uh, that you can do. So I 
I don't know what the the direction of that will be, but I find it interesting that it is tied to a very literary kind of thing mm-hmm. from a series written back in the fifties. So something to something to kind of look at at least. Yeah, that game did look interesting until you started shooting and playing yep. it, and then yep. it did not look great. Uh, it was it had some frame rate issues, and uh, yeah. Um, None of these look that great to me. They're not a reason to buy in uh, yet, unfortunately. No, no, I will say also, uh, just to touch upon before your eyes real quick, uh, apparently this was a 2021 indie game. Um, So this is getting ported to PSVR 2, and it was very highly regarded. And it has a really cool mechanic that could only be done in VR, I, I think, where basically you're a recently deceased person and you're kind of reliving your life through you know vignettes and things like that but every time you literally blink the scene changes which is cool like if that's like you're kind of living your life through your eyes like that could be a short i I Mm. imagine it's like a two or three hour thing but um you know if you're into artsy fartsy things that could be okay yeah that that actually does have some potential you know sounds like a what remains of edith finch kind of story just reliving uh your life I uh, love me some new video game mechanics, man. New video game <laughs> mechanics. Always cool. Yeah. But uh, again, we we have a segment now. We're countdown to when John actually purchases this. Is any <laughs> of these five, is not, are any of these going to push you over? No. No, no, no. Um, okay. No, I, I think there was a lot of people, myself included, that was kind of expecting like, oh, you guys are doing a state of play the week it comes out. Oh, you are going to have some games here. Well, surely they're going to show a new Astrobot game or a, you know, the, the pie in the sky that everybody won't stop talking about. Again, myself included, Half-Life Alex. And until one of those two are shown, I, I, I feel pretty firm in my resolve, Nick. I, I think I can do it, <laughs> unless if one of those two are shown. Now, I will say, uh, we've spoken with some friends who have been playing Resident Evil, and like the things that they've been telling me about that is more likely to get me to buy this than <laughs> any of these new releases are. So, it's still possible, but I'm waiting on those two big, specific announcements. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. It seems like all the, the advertising for VR has been, yeah, Resident Evil 8 VR, Gran Turismo 7 VR, and Call <laughs> of the Mountain, and then everything else just yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's uh, such so interesting to me from just a, a like where we are with VR as it's you know as it stands. It's just we're still in very early on, right? This this medium has really only been popular for I don't know seven eight years at the most. Mm-hmm. So we're still in the infantile ages, but we need to start seeing things more than just two floaty hands and dual wielding pistols. Like we have to start. Um, you know, getting some meteor things, I, I think. You know, mm. Astrobot Rescue VR again, it did things with that headset that I to this day haven't seen from anything else. Blowing into the controller to, you know, use a fan in game to move Astro across a, a, a gap is like I haven't, like, still to this day, I haven't seen anything, you know, quite that creative. So we mm-hmm. need to see some more of that kind of stuff, not just shooty shooty. Yeah. And they, and they still have the rest of the year. We don't know what for the sure. big VR titles will be for the second half of this year. So. Uh, there's well, still time, and, but and it wasn't in the state of play. And I don't know if you have any uh, any plans to mention this during the podcast, Nick. But they did say with Resident Evil Four, there is uh, VR coming to that too, as well, right? Yes, I didn't I didn't really look into that article because that seems weird that they wouldn't have that here. Uh, but yeah, that's not I, that's I, not surprising. I, I would 100 percent like why wouldn't they do that? Right. Yeah. So I mean, there is you know definitely if you are uh, into shitting your pants in a virtual space you know there's plenty for you to do there but uh you know it, it's still growing there's still room to grow yeah and i think we'll see that 
All right, so let's move on. We got a trailer for Destiny 2 Lightfall. This is coming out Tuesday, February 28th. John and I do not play this, but it's there. It's coming. This was as close as it ever got me to Watts play it. That character (laughs) design of the weird alien with smoke head floating through space was like just super cool to me and i was just reading a little bit about it apparently this is like a 10-year build-up moment that's happening in Mm -hmm. this expansion so the darkness uh, yeah you know i uh (laughs) i'm not gonna play it but yeah this was as close as i ever been like "Hmm, maybe i will just drop every single other video game i'll ever play and just play destiny but yeah it is it is a completely free weekend for destiny all expansions are open this weekend so if you're in (laughs) I don't know how you're going to play it all through them all uh, in time, but if you wanted to check it out, now is a good weekend. Um, It's a free-to-play game anyway, so you can always check it out. But that was there. Uh, The next game is a very interesting one. It is called Humanity, and it is coming May 2023 from Enhanced and Tetsuya Mizuguchi, who is responsible for Res, and I'm going to I'm blanking on the other one. Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect. Um, and this game is coming to all platforms, including PS5 and PSVR 2. Uh, it is a very weird-looking game. It is a puzzle game where you're leading a bunch of human bodies as a Shibu Inu, a dog. And uh, <laughs> it has a bunch of like physics-based puzzles. Uh, you're pretty much directing them around the map. It reminds me a lot of the, uh, the game in uh, Ratchet & Clank, uh, the PS5 <laughs> yeah, one, where you're that. leading the, the, the Clanks around. Yep. Uh, to get to the end goal. It uh, looks a lot like that, but uh, it, it looks interesting. It does have a demo now. You can actually play this uh, on the PlayStation Store. Uh, so that, so if, if this interests you at all, you can check it out. But, uh, John, do you have any thoughts on this one? No, I'm going to play. I'm going to check out the demo. I mean, I typically am not drawn to puzzle games, but every blue once in a blue moon, one breaks through, and, and I find it fun. Mm-hmm. And this one looks like it just could set up some scenarios where you're like, oh, I can do this, and then it does that, and then it does this, and then they bounce all over, and it's like, ah, oh, I did it. So, you know, I might check it out, um, but I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Ratchet and Clank thing, Nick. Like, that's exactly what I thought as well. Um, and then the other comparison I've seen, if you're an old school, school gamer, is uh, the old game Lemmings, mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of just leaning a, a, yeah, a bajillion things around around to uh you know get through levels so uh, i would have high expectations for this one though i mean res infinite 88 on open critic tetris effect 90 on open critic i mean this is a this is a developer who makes high quality things so uh, i would expect this to be pretty damn good when it comes out yeah yeah and and by bajillions there are bajillions there's like a bajillion people on the screen at once so many (laughs) please watch this trailer even if what we what we're saying doesn't interest you it's it's something else Um, (laughs) yeah uh, and then the next trailer we got was goodbye volcano high this is coming june 15th of this year from co-op uh it's like an anthropomorphic uh, almost like a don't nod game or a telltale game, but it's got like mini games and conversations and it's hard to put a finger on what single genre I would put this in, but it, it, it does, I've it's heard, doing a lot. <laughs> I've heard rhythm visual novel. That's what okay. I've heard. Okay. Yeah, that, that's rhythm visual really novel. Cause there's yeah. singing, like you have a band or a character has a band. I don't know if that's specifically you, but, yeah. um, but yeah, there was a lot of music playing. Um, any interest in this one? No, I um, 
you know, I don't typically like, <laughs> you know, I, I tend to contradict myself a lot on this show. So as <laughs> I'm about to contradict myself, because I'm going to talk about a solely narrative game later, um, I don't typically draw get drawn to those very well. And the art style is very pretty. I, I like the clean lines everywhere. You know, the characters seem like they have a lot of personality, but I just have a feeling this is going to be. How I don't know how the most sensitive way to say this is. <laughs> Not for me. Okay. <laughs> it's just you know it's 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 going to be um, probably targeted towards a younger demographic and and you know kids trying to figure out life for themselves and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm 33, man. I've figured out life. I'm I'm I've been beaten down one too many times to try and have any hope <laughs> left in life. So um, you know I do like the idea that that you know seemingly from kind of what I gleaned from the trailer was that you know they have a, a deadline on life. Uh, basically, it seems like a you know a comet or something is coming towards Earth. You know, much like how the dinosaurs went extinct. I think there's a line in the trailer that's something about like, well, we don't only have so much time left. So if that is kind of a mechanic to it, uh, could be could you know uh, set up some high emotional moments because you know, hey, we're all gonna fucking die. So you know, we'll right. see. Yeah, yeah, it's a game to watch out for. We'll we'll see what the reviews are at, and just like Norco, you know, if it reviews like Norco, you might be playing this. What's Norco, Nick? I'm not going to talk about Norco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, we'll see. Moving on, the next trailer was Chia, which we talked about, so we can move on from that. The next one was Naruto X Baruto, Ultimate move Ninja along. Storm Connections. Uh, yes, another entry in the Ultimate Ninja Storm series 3D Fighters. Uh, yep, moving on. That's coming yeah. this year. Uh, the next trailer was from Larian Studios, the makers of Divinity Original Sin. Currently, they've been working on Baldur's Gate 3, which has been in early access for quite some time. Uh, this game is coming to PS5 on August 31st, was the announcement. Um, any interest in this, John? Uh, famously, John and I tried to play Divinity Original Sin 2 together, uh, and we so admittedly did not put a lot of time into it, I think. No. I, I, I am convinced to this day that if we did 10 to 15 hours, we would be addicted and we wouldn't be able to put it down. But <laughs> that's a big commitment for a man with three kids, two, you know, two twin infants. So uh, right. we'll see. But first off, Nick, I, I just got to ask you, how much uh, how much you bidding for this game? How much are you going to bid for this one? Is, it, League? is it biddable? I didn't know that. Oh, it's biddable. Oh, it's biddable. <laughs> is, is, is it, is it sponge worthy? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, this is, yeah, this is a really, really cool trailer. Um, obviously, if you know Divinity at all, this is, this could almost just be called Divinity Original Sin 3, I feel like. And uh, that's not a bad thing at all. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's Baldur's Gate is one of the most storied RPG franchises out there. Um, and. You know, I, I don't think there was any confirmation until this moment that it was, in fact, coming to consoles. So uh, it's a nice nice surprise to be able to, to play it on our preferred place. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Nick just said, I'm a sucker for review scores. If it reviews high enough, you know, I'll probably, you know, figure it out, figure out a way to, to let myself again and buy it, let myself down again and buy it. But um, yeah, like looks I said, cool, it's cool, man, if you're into computer RPGs. Yeah, it's been in early access for quite some time, so I'm sure when it hits console, it'll be it'll hit the ground running as far as being you know quite quite the nice package. Yeah, um, with all the bugs worked out. I love I love a, and I love a good couch co-op. You know, I wish I mm-hmm. had some nerdy roommates and I was in college. Would, yeah, like if we were in college, Nick, yeah, I'm sure we'd play these kind of games. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't have friends anymore. <laughs> Aww. Aww. you got me, bud. You got your PlayStation, <laughs> pal. 
Just nicking kids. <laughs> no, but it looks cool. No, I think it's going to be one of the best. I, I would be surprised if that's not one of the best released games of the year. Yeah, yeah that's a good prediction. Yeah. Um, next up is Wayfinder, a game that is currently in or, or in beta on PS5 and may, in, launching in early access in May 2023. This is a third-person RPG with the Fortnite skin. Uh, it's been it's been shown before. It was at the Game Awards. Um, I really don't have much to say on this one. <laughs> it looks slow um, and it's free to play. It, and you said it, man. The Fortnite thing just you know it's it immediately takes me out of it, and that's fine. I'm not the entire demographic of every video game player out there, but it's just you know. There more one more of these things that right. I hope that I imagine is probably just going to be forgotten about, but we'll see. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, what's I'm trying to think of the other one, the the one that's like Monster Hunter that's just forgettable too. Dauntless. Yes, Dauntless. Thank you. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's so forgettable. Well, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's a ton of that shit, man, and it's it you know sometimes it lands its audience. I mean, I like. I'm a fan of health bars and numbers popping i know a lot of people hate that shit but i've always liked it mm-hmm. but no if i gotta do it in this shitty colorful <laughs> shit that sounds so bad i hate color um <laughs> you know uh fortnite world i'm i just i'm kind of out sure sure that's understandable yeah. i mean art style is a big deal when it comes to games and mm-hmm. you know and you know that they're just trying to imitate the most popular art style out there right now uh, it, it's understandable to be turned off you know Fuck maybe, you, but maybe the game will be good who knows Hey, we'll it might find be. Out. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> and so I, I, we're getting up to a point here, you know, obviously, you know, it's kind of down at this point. Baldur's Gate 3 is a cool announcement. Humanity was interesting. But thank God, you know, Capcom showed up because I think they single-handedly... Uh, <laughs> I feel like Capcom has saved the day for like a couple state of plays before. <laughs> yeah, they're a good partner to have with Sony uh, uh, because they're they're... They're, they look keyed to have a really great year, and uh, the first trailer we got from them is for Street Fighter VI. Uh, this is coming, it was June 2nd, I believe. Yep. Uh, and this trailer showed off three new fighters, and boy, did they bring the horniness in this trailer. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you, because uh, it was a trailer for Zangief, Lily, and Cammy. So three new fighters enter the ring. Uh, this game looks, it looks gorgeous. I, I've blown away by the how pretty it looks and just the, the animations themselves. Uh, John, what did you think of this trailer? Yeah, I mean, if you are a fighting fan, I don't know how you could, you know, pass up uh, at least checking this game out. Um, yeah, especially saying geese jiggle. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're talking about <laughs> horniness. Yeah, man, who doesn't want a, you know, mohawk mustachioed Russian wrestler? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you got, you got that yeah, you got that going for you, but no, it looks great. Um, I have only ever gotten into a fighting game once, a Street Fighter Four, I believe it was, back in college. But again, I think just the setting of having roommates and passing sticks and stuff, you know, lends itself well to these games. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I probably will not be checking it out. But um, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how it does. Street Fighter Five did not launch very well. It was a pretty bare bones product, and I think they're going to learn their lesson from that. You know, between Probably having the uh, a big a nice meaty roster, and then with the you know create a character thing that they've kind of shown off. It, it seems to be a much bigger package that I'm sure will uh, do well under Capcom's new revitalized awesomeness. 
Right, and I've, they, I mean, they've been supporting Street Fighter Five up until this point, pretty much with content updates. <laughs> so yeah, I, pro- you know, this, I probably should have long legs. I feel like after I, I should have been able to listen to myself explain Street Fighter Six, and I might have wanted to bid on it more in the league because, like, I feel like yeah, <laughs> Cap- it's Capcom. They've they've resurged. Like, when did Street Fighter Five even come out? That was like what that was pre Resident Evil Seven, wasn't it? Yeah, I Had think so. Be. Yeah, it, so like that was kind of back in the tail end of Capcom not being amazing. Right, 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 and I think, I mean, that game had a, a rough launch, so I think that they're they're not going to make the same mistakes twice in this. No, yeah, that was 2016, and I, I believe Resident Evil Seven was 2017, which a lot of people kind of you know agree that that was the start of the Capcom uh, resurgence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would expect big things out of this. Um, you know, um, I just don't want to learn a fighting game. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll hard. just wait for the inevitable Street they're Fighter so Six hard. Championship Edition with all the content inside and. Have you ever you actually I think you said you did this with Injustice, but have you ever like played a single player fighting game and then like I'm gonna try playing online? Have you ever done mm-hmm. that? Yeah, well, yeah, of it's course. not it's not fun. <laughs> it yeah, I played Injustice fun. too. Okay, um, and yeah, and could only do it for maybe a week, and then I said I'm done. Yeah, and that was this. funny too because uh, I have a buddy who is really really good at the game, uh, a Superman, of course. And uh, me, him, another buddy, and his brother were playing. And I remember his brother being like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not fun fighting you guys. And I was like, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is we're out. fun. <laughs> wow, also, way to ruin the sleepover, Nick. <laughs> this is all online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were all sure. in our own houses, so it was an online sleepover. But, um, all right. but yeah, in the same boat. They always These games look appealing all the time, but I just, I just my brain just doesn't. No. wrap around how to be really good at no. them no fucking you know calculating frames and like knowing exactly how far you can be away from like getting hit by something to move it it's just, like and i'll tell you what man the one thing in video games that i simply do not understand is how people can block effectively in fighting games like how, <laughs> like you know because you gotta block high or block mid or block low and you know knowing where they're gonna go and it's just like I don't know how people either react that fast or just read the <laughs> movements of the. I, I don't know. It's it's magic to me. It's but, for the young. Uh, it's younger man eyes. They can do it's it. It's craziness. I can't do it. <laughs> Cannot do it. Yeah. So after that, we got another trailer for Resident Evil Four. Um, it looks incredible. I just. I mean, all the all the story beats that we know are there. All the story beats we don't know are in there. All the enemies look incredible. Uh, visually, just wow! Just there's oh, a lot going amazing. on. <laughs> Good. Gonna be incredible, and you know they they had another awesome one-liner from Leon. I, I think it was like, "How about you open fire instead of your mouth?" <laughs> it's like, yes, those <laughs> those are the lines I want. Um, you know, so it, yeah, it's gonna be amazing, and, and it's gonna be interesting coming off the heels of Dead Space remake, which I think um, every single person that's that's played it kind of applauds it and thinks it's one of the best remakes that's ever been made so you know Mm -hmm. it's time to see Capcom who has kind of cemented themselves as the best remake people out there aside Mm -hmm. from Bluepoint who that's what they do um, you know see if they can keep up see if they can blow people away with what is arguably their most well I don't know probably their most I don't know how to say this but uh, everybody loves Resident Evil 4 right everybody fucking does one of the greatest games of all time (laughs) right yeah that's a a good way to say it yeah (laughs) so It will be a day one for me. That's for sure. Yeah, and we're we're a month away, so it's probably mm-hmm. sneaking up fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was kind of it uh, for the individual trailers and announcements. And oop, 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 
Oop, I do want to say there is a demo coming to for Resident Evil 4 as well. Oh yeah, that's just right. a, a heads up in the week in the weeks ahead. Not a date yet, but there is. Now one we coming. needed that. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is right. going to change everything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but you know what, my whistle. Yeah, uh, a game that could really use a demo though is oh. Suicide Squad: Kill the oh. Justice League. Um, as we talked about on this podcast uh, a few episodes ago, when there was that leak image of the menu and you know everyone was drawn to the all the live service elements that look not only did the menu appear just like any uh call of duty warzone game or apex legends lobby uh there was the battle pass and everything else so we mentioned in that very discussion that you know when they show this game they have a lot to explain right they have to they have to because live service is kind of uh yeah, you know, it's got a negative connotation right now, in the, and especially in the gaming community. Um, you know, they're afraid about being nickeled and dimed on, you know, a bunch of cosmetics and little stuff and characters and all that. And um, unfortunately, in this lengthy, yeah, over 15 minutes between a extended gameplay trailer and then developers uh, talking about the game, including Sefton Hill, who's no longer with uh, Rocksteady anymore. Um, they really did not do a good job of proving why you should be a f- very wary of this game. Um, I had, This reminded me a lot of Anthem, because it, just like Anthem, there's a lot of fast movement, a lot of stuff going on. There's just chaos everywhere. You have four players doing their own thing. Um, and there's hordes of enemies. They're all bullet spongies. You're getting a lot of kill animations. There's a lot of spongies. quick cuts. Like this is even like a straight gameplay trailer where you're just following a character for two seconds. There's like there's just tons of quick cuts, so you're not even sure what's really going on. Um, and uh, yeah, and they got into kind of the loot. They got kind of into percentages of how loot can be increased. Um, I don't know. Like is they they, they name dropped Arkhamverse a couple times, which. Well. <laughs> wow. This is this is not an Arkhamverse. I mean, set in the same universe, which may have the same characters and voices. I saw Nolan North's Penguin in the trailer, but for all you know, the gameplay wise is it's it's its own thing. Yeah, um, dude, the Penguin's just gonna be a little marker on your map where it's like, go get a gun, <laughs> you can go to the Penguin. But I, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I am honestly feeling for you right now with this one because <laughs> you know I, I believe it's been said on the show, but. Nick said it to me many times. Arguably, his favorite games of all time are the Batman Arkham games. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we, he's been waiting a long, long, long time to see what they're going to be doing next. I think I believe it's been eight years uh, since Arkham Knight launched. And so to receive this from that team has got to feel kind of shitty. And, like, I was never going to be that hyped for this from the get-go. If it received good scores, I would have played it, sure. But, you know, I'm not invested in the characters, the world, or anything like that. But... I was kind of a little taken aback that the very first big meaty look at this game, they're going to sh- literally show us everybody shooting at purple orbs. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's like a that's a very very dated gameplay mechanic. And like that is fine if it's like a side thing, if it's just kind of a little distraction, but it seemed like no, they're showing us the mission where like the focus is to shoot these purple orbs and then shoot these other purple orbs and yeah, they're every on, like, single every vehicle. <laughs> they're on everything and every single character has the same generic gun. King Shark is just shooting a gun. Harley Quinn is just shooting a yeah. gun. Yeah. And like I I 
I expected a lot more. I think people expected to get, you know, and there could be a good story beats here, you know. I mean, Wonder Woman comes into the trailer and, you know, kind of has this moment where it seems like Flash was not brainwashed for a moment. It was like, no, you have to kill us all. That's the only way to win. And so there could be some stakes and things there. But, like, if the gameplay in between is just, like, I'm going to read this from Kotaku. With Harley Quinn and co. bouncing around building tops in a giant sandbox, it looked like a cross between Crackdown 3 and Anthem. That is not great for a Rocksteady game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, both those games, if, if people are out there don't know, were very shallow, received very poorly. And uh, it's just not what you want to see from, you know, a a team as ta- as truly talented as Rocksteady as we've seen from in the past but you could also argue that again those games were 8 to 10 years ago this might be there, there might be 10% of the people still at Rocksteady obviously you said Sefton Hill left left so you know it might not even be the same group of people anymore and um you know they got a lot to prove coming up for sure i think they have a lot of people on the fence now which is not where you want to be yeah and i was i was hoping that they would mention a demo i like that was like my hope because I, yep. I think you can, you can eat. Well, I mean, like the kid, like Anthem, like that's what sold me that it was going to be bad, and so maybe they don't want it to be well, a demo. Well, yeah. Hopefully, it's not a canary in the coal mine. <laughs> but I was be, hoping, but, yeah. but I was hoping to get my hands on it. I really like, like, does Resident Evil Four need a demo? Hell no. We know what no. that is. Uh, well, it's like it's like putting it's like putting the trial for Ragnarok into PlayStation Premium. It's like who who needs a trial for this? Like, it's cool, it's there, but you don't need a trial for Ragnarok. You've already right. played that, or you're you're you you know, that's silly, but yeah, right. sorry. Um, but uh, are yeah, you getting I, it? Are you, get, are you getting it? Are no, you doing uh, it, Nick? Not a chance. No, no, okay. not even, not even close. It's all that is a wait for reviews. We'll see what happens. But I, best case scenario, it reviews mid to low eighties. Is mm-hmm. I don't, that's, I don't that's know. Maybe, or maybe I want to play the story, but even then, maybe I'll just wait. Like. They kind of alluded to with the battle pass that there'll be more characters, more, you know, more stuff coming. And I was just oh, like, cool, more you? characters that shoot the same guns. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the thing I can't believe. It's like you have King fucking Shark. And it's like, I, I know they showed some animations of probably some super moves where he goes in and he bites people and whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Just having this loot based system. And when we were watching it, Nick, I told you, I said, like, ooh, I, I'm a sucker for like legendary style loot systems where you, you find those couple guns that you just can't let go. And I like building sets that give you, you know, uh, modifiers. Like, you know, they, they mentioned the Bane thing where you shoot people and like then you're, you're equipped with poison. But. Everything else is just so surface level. I, I can't imagine that this is a deep game with, you know, complex combos and things. Maybe it is. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I don't know. I, I just, you know, Arkham City got a 96, dude. A 96. <laughs> like, it's in that, that Breath of the Wild Grand Theft Auto territory. It's insanity. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. But, yeah, but as you mentioned, this, this is not the same team anymore, and this is definitely not the same game, so... We're everyone has you know and and I the reaction seems the same from the internet at large is yeah you know, very wary of this one like I've only yeah I've only I've job. only cooled on it like I, yeah. I definitely haven't increased so yeah we'll see so all right that was the state of play overall John what are your cool. thoughts cool, on cool, cool, cool. on it as as a whole as an very event very middling I thought it was fine I, I I didn't leave it angry I didn't leave it hyped um. 
you know, I'm, I was happy to see a little more Resident Evil 4. I knew it was coming. Um, I will say I was disappointed overall with the VR section. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I... It's it's just such a hard sell to sell new IP in a in um in in a VR setting. I I don't know. You just it's also word of mouth. It's like oh yeah, I played this and it's awesome. Rather than like oh that looks cool. You just don't really know until you get in there. And so mm-hmm. without seeing you know major IP attached to things, it's hard to generate a ton of excitement. But you know at the same time, Beat Saber was a new franchise. Superhot was a new franchise. Like there are things that can you know Pistol Whip. I really really liked. Um, there are things that can you know prove themselves. But um, you know, I, I'd give it a C plus probably. I think. Yeah, yeah, probably a C is 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 probably best. It's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it, it's not like Sony. It's not like Sony's the only one doing this, but nobody's showing their hand for the rest of the year yet. So, um, well, no. I'm sure Sony has a lot to talk about. Um, well, did you see that rumor from Jeff Grubb, Mr. Mr. Nick there? Did you see yeah, what he you, had to say today? You asked if I – you sent it to me. <laughs> Listen, Nick, I'm trying to feed into the show. I know I sent it to you, all right? I'm trying to – God. All right. But, yeah, Jeff Grubb, uh, he uh, – yeah, he, he tweeted out again today that uh, you know Sony is gearing up for a pre-E3 showcase of major proportions where they're basically going to lay out their second wave of announcements for PS5. So uh, he was right about the state of play. He is one of the most informed insiders out there. So uh, I would definitely expect at some point in the next probably three months, we're going to get that big meaty, meaty thing that we want. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully. <laughs> Don't give him any kudos, any hack need. We could have made that prediction. Like, they're no, gonna have no. a showcase near, like again, no no one's falls announced. I can tell you right now, Microsoft and Nintendo will also have showcases. You're right, na- but between but, and probably in May or June that that detail the rest of the year for them. Sure, but Jeff Krub, he does have an existing reputation. He does already have an established, you know, uh, thing. So you know, him going out there and saying it as specific as he has. I mean, I believe. I, I don't know. I just he's I also believe one it. that you, said last year that Sony was buying Square Enix. He did. He might happened. still be doing it. But listen, Nick, you know, you want to live in a world of <laughs> pessimism and salt, or do you want to live in a world where maybe we are going to eventually get a showcase? And, and you know, and that is, it's going to be soon. They got to have one sometime. It has to come at some point. I'm just yeah. uh, salt on the insiders and, and journalists right now, all right? Yeah, I know. I know you are. <laughs> That's all right. Show me where they touched you. Show me where they touched you. All over. <laughs> All right, let's get into topic two. We're we're running long here. I got a boy who's who's uh, tapping at my door here. Okay. So. Uh, all right, so I wanted to talk real quick here. You know, uh, this is obviously a PlayStation podcast, but we like to cover large-scale video game news things. So I thought this one was kind of intriguing enough, at least to bring in a little bit. Um, oh, it involves just, Sony. <laughs> oh, it it does. Uh, of course, anything involved in the video game space involves Sony. No, but, but well, I'll, we'll get to it. You go ahead. Sorry. Sure. So this week, uh, Microsoft uh, announced that they have entered a ten-year agreement with Nintendo to bring Xbox games to the Nintendo platform. Uh, and they specifically mentioned that, you know, they're going to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo for the next 10 years as well. And um, I saw this and I immediately had a lot of questions. Um, what did you think, Nick, when, when you saw this this statement that came out this week? Um, that it's a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> oh, really? It's, mm. uh, I, it's just a bunch of PR. Again, Microsoft yep. is trying to buy Activision Blizzard. And a lot of uh, the pushback is that they're going to take away a lot of their games from other platforms, you know, specifically PlayStation, specifically Nintendo. So this is a giant PR move 
um, to just to do that, to say, hey, we're committed to this now, uh, to have, you know, our games come to Nintendo the same day as Xbox. But A, they only mention one franchise, that's Call of Duty, which they don't currently own. <laughs> right. Uh, it doesn't say how they're going to do this, like, because the Switch can't run Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. You know, you can't just, that's not going to be a good port. Uh, so the Switch it probably can't gaming? run Call of Duty Black Ops 3. <laughs> is it going to be some kind of cloud gaming? Yeah, the Switch is a seven-year-old platform. Like, it's nothing against the Switch. It's just an old platform. Like, if, if yep. there's a Switch 2, that might change things. But it's there, it, this, it's intentionally, like, vague. Like, what is the what is the deal? Like, what what, what are the, the specifics here? What what games will be coming? Will Starfield yep. be on Nintendo? Will will your other franchises be on Nintendo? And and what, again, what will they look like? How will they play? What, what is, will Game Pass be on Nintendo? You know, um, there's just uh, I just don't. It's just again, I just think it's like a good faith argument, and I just don't. I just don't. I just think it's just you know, be like, oh look at us, FTC. We're we, we just signed a deal with Nintendo. Like, <laughs> we're the good guys. <laughs> yeah, we're the good guys. So I I just I just yeah. I, I would like to know more. You know, I just yeah. It's, it's, doesn't make it doesn't make sense because Nintendo is not going to put their games on Xbox. That makes that's how <laughs> no. that's why you buy a Nintendo platform. And, and right. same here, like well, Xbox can't sell all their all their IPs and put them on Switch because then who's buying an Xbox? Especially if Switch has a, a a Switch Two, say is just for example, is comparable to like an Xbox Series X or S. Who's why you'd buy a Nintendo Switch because you would be you'd have access to both libraries of games. You wouldn't, you know. So I just I don't yeah. I don't know what this I don't know what this means. This means nothing. Other than yeah, PR. there's a, there's a ton to read into it. Um, but I had to bring it just because yeah these these like you said Nick you nailed it these type of of uh, quotes really get under my skin because if you just analyze what they're saying for. 30 seconds you can see through so much of the horseshit and yeah this is an entire entirely a move to just try and persuade public opinion and get people to be like oh see they really they really are going to be what they say they're going to do they're, they're not trying to to you know uh pull the wool over any of our eyes and i'm just going to read a, a quick little blurb from from brad smith who's um i believe he's president microsoft president brad smith yep um, where he was interviewed on CNN uh, about this. And he said, uh, quote, a lot has changed today because Microsoft has announced two agreements that together will bring Call of Duty, the game that everyone has been talking about, to 150 million more people on Nintendo devices and NVIDIA's cloud streaming services. Uh, he went on to say that these two deals address the concern that Call of Duty will be less available than it is today and will be more available instead due to these two binding agreements. Uh, one last quote here. Uh, we're really down to one principal company that is objecting to this deal, and that's Sony, and we've made it clear that we're happy to enter a 10-year agreement with Sony, and we're prepared to end regulatory obligations as well, whether it's London or Brussels or Washington. So in addition to a contract, we'd have a duty under the law. And so it's just, yeah, it's it's entirely like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do this. See, see, it's, it's all Sony. Sony. Sony won't play ball with us. And it's just, again, if you evaluate the things that are at stake here it just doesn't make any fucking sense um mm -hmm. yeah why would like why would you ever buy an xbox ever again if 
<laughs> like it just seems like they, they keep kneecapping themselves left and right. I, they really must just be really trying to get out of the hardware space and just get whatever they can do. If they can get Call of Duty on Game Pass, they are fucking done. They think they won. They can get out of the console space. They can put you know Game Pass streaming on TVs. They can put Game Pass streaming on on Nintendo. Uh, they'll probably try to put it on Sony's PlayStation Next, and then that's going to be their revenue stream. But um, I just found it kind of comical that they're out here you know, doing interviews with CNN saying like, yeah, we've agreed to, to give Call of Duty to Nintendo. It's like, motherfucker, you don't even own it yet. Can we just, <laughs> can we just let the, you know, the people who are informed about this, the people who have the power to just do the thing and, uh, you know, we'll move on. But I just, I really wish I had a crystal ball in it because I, I, I don't know if this deal is going to close or not, but it's, it is one of the biggest news, I think, stories in the video game industry in, in a long, 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 long time, you know, yeah. and, uh, just had oh. to had to at least bring that into the the show today. Yeah, it's it's going to be the the talk for all of this year. Whether yeah, even if you know nothing happens, there'll be these statements all year of yep. how committed so. they are to bring it to other platforms. So, um, yeah, we'll, we told we'll Sony we'd do ten years with it. We told them we'd do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did, also, did you did you by any chance see? I think Brad Smith also tweeted this out. Like he he tweeted out the breakdown of. Oh, I think I also sent this to you, so you can, you know, blow me yeah. up if you want over that. Yeah, you uh, yeah. The, the breakdown of percentages of like platforms—it's it's a bigger gap. Excluding than I thought. North America, excluding North, yeah, excluding North America. Yeah, that is true. It's probably like sixty forty, but I think it was what it was like seventy thirty over the world, like eighty twenty in England, and then like ninety six four in Japan, which is like that's, that's that is a pretty. I mean, we knew everybody knew Japan. Everybody knew Japan was like that, but seventy uh, thirty is pretty big. I don't want to linger on this topic too much, but I, I, as I've said before, that number is because Microsoft, under poor leadership, made a bunch of dumb decisions in the lead up oh, yeah. to the Xbox One and blew their market share out of the water. You yep. know, So if, if, if they had not done that, if they have not had the last you know, pretty much 10 years of no first party games to speak of, uh, just a pittance of good ones, uh, they would they oh, would pittance. still be in this thing, but you know that they 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 fucked it up, and I do believe they're writing the ship somewhat. We'll see how this year pans out beyond Hi-Fi Rush, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I just whatever you can say those percentages all the time. That's not the reason you should be just because you sucked at your gaming division sucked for so long <laughs> entitles you to another to buy an entire publisher. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I don't buy that yeah. argument. I really wonder if it yeah, if this deal gets nixed, like yeah, what's what is Microsoft's play? It'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, but yeah, so. that's uh, that's all I got with that. Uh, am I up next with my game? I can't remember the list. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart, yes, Atomic Hearts. All right, review roundup time. So, Nick, I gotta ask you first here. Did you include this because you wanted to like give a little jab of like, see, you, you said you were you were excited about this game. Did you did you do that to me, or did no. you just you? Okay, all right. I, just no, I, I think it's a, it's a interesting release as as we've talked about. It, I mean, it yeah. looked it looked interesting and and we didn't know where it was gonna land, and so I, I thought it'd be interesting to because the critics are in the same boat. I think they're kind of you know you got the eights from IGNs and then you got fives from Game Central, so you, you know. Uh, reviewers are mixed on this and we've had uh you know a friend of the show tell us that he's in love with the game so um 
Yeah, I, I yeah. just I just wanted to talk about it. You know, it's, a, it's okay. the big release of the week that we haven't talked right. about. I just had to know if I had to fuck with your, you know, with your desk when I came back to work. <laughs> so, all right, we're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Atomic Heart uh, came out this past week uh, from Mundfish Studios, uh, controversial Mundfish Studios, as I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But they are based out of Russia. Uh, I don't know if you've, you know, if you've kind of heard Nick, but there's something going on with that Russia right now. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but we got this game slotting in at a 74 on Open Critic. Um, and if you've kind of paid attention to this game, you know, since it's been shown, uh, the most apt comparison that people like to bring in is probably Bioshock. Um, you know, it's got a very uh, kind of futuristic slash uh, retro style to it where it takes place in 1950s Russia in this alternate universe, um, you know, with lots of crazy robots and things. You know, the, the art style and some of the enemy designs are absolutely phenomenal looking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just kind of didn't know where this game was going to land when it, you know, do, is the gameplay fun? Is it engaging? Is there a good story? Is, is, are the characters endearing? And we got a lot of answers to those questions. Um, so the 74, I think, can tell you a lot, but... What I've been kind of seeing from this game, to you know, to tell the audience of, to you know whether you guys would want to pick this game up or not, is that it has a lot of good things going for it. The game, the g- gunplay is serviceable. The world is cool. The music slaps. It's done by uh, Mick Gordon, who did the music to Doom Eternal, Doom. You know that heavy, heavy metal riff stuff that you know is just awesome when it's in the background of you shooting robots and things. Um, but it's buggy. It's glitchy. Mm-hmm. It has some of the worst dialogue that people have ever seen alongside Forspoken, apparently. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking that once Forspoken came out this year, that it would be a runaway uh, leader for worst dialogue of the year. And a lot of people are saying this is right there with it. Um, <laughs> it, in, it, in really, fact, it really, no, no. your main character has a glove that he talks to in this, similar to uh, Frey and her cuff. Yep. uh, Yep. (laughs) For smoking. Yes. So it's not just like the comparison of bad dialogue. It's like the way that the protagonist interacts with this inanimate object that's also speaking to it. The way they interact with each other, where they're kind of just like don't obviously don't like each other. They kind of annoy each other and things like that. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's not great to hear. And you know even if the gameplay is fun, like that's that's good and all, but. You know, if you got this annoying ass bro that's just kind of like swearing at you all the time, it, you know, it might take you out of it a little bit. But just to kind of give you a couple quick examples here, here's a couple of uh, lines from the main protagonist, Major Sir Nechaev. Shit on a shingle. Crispy fucking, where's the shit ass way out of here? What in the sweaty hell is going on here? Fuck me sideways. So you can kind of tell what the style of writing is there. Um, and then there's also like a upgrade machine that apparently just wants to get in your pants all the time. Uh, she says, uh, Oh, what a stud. I can't get enough of your jocks. Let me tie you to the bed, baby. How titillating rebellious dominant men really turn me on a quick, a quick romp with your ax is just a taste of what's to come. You handsome beast. So it's, uh, you know, it has a, it has a flavor to it, but, um, you know, I think, needless to say, if you were just looking for a fun first-person shooter with cool enemy design, some interesting ideas, there is things to be had, some fun to be had here, but it is going to have a lot of caveats and might be something that you would want to wait for a sale for, make sure it gets patched, make sure any of the bugginess gets out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a very, I think, very... Like you said, Nick, it's, IGN gives it an eight, but Metro Game Central gives it a five. GameSpot gives it a six, but you know a different outlet gives it a nine. So there's going to be different, you know, 
different uh, tastes here to whether you mm. enjoy it or not. But just try to game watch watch yourself a little YouTube video. I think that'll tell you all you all you need to know. Um, sure. Besides listening to your you know local PlayStation post. <laughs> yeah, this says uh, this is a game that if it comes to PlayStation Plus Extra, I would probably give it a go, just a single playthrough, yeah. see to check it out. So, I would guarantee it will. I, I think I think this game will have pretty short legs. Um, I think you know it, it probably did a decent chunk right off the bat, but between the middling reception. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen Nick, but there, I've seen articles, you know, calling for the cancellation of this game because there's some tie to uh, Russian, you know, Russian state mm-hmm. company that funds the war, and you know, so there's all that stuff that's getting in there. Well, I don't want to get into the, you know, anything uh, regarding that. Just to make sure everybody knows, I, I'm not pro-Russian, so I just want to get that out there. But <laughs> um, not to bring that into it, but I don't see this game lasting a very long time. I don't think it's going to continue to sell, so I would I would not be shocked to see them want an extra chunk of money from Sony or somebody, as long as Sony or Microsoft is willing to take any type of PR backlash on that, because you know there are going to be people. Upset. Well, it is a is a day and day on Game Pass, so it's already well, there. That is true. Yeah, a bunch oh. of commies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. So, so yeah. all right. Let's move on to a, a reoccurring segment, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> it's the only game I've been playing, so it's it's going to come up, and I, and I had some more interesting points to say about it. But another player has entered the game before I could even finish it to give it to him. John, what oh. happened? <laughs> Uh, marriage happened, Nick. <laughs> you know, being with the woman you love, you want to make the woman you love happy. Uh-huh. And, happy um, wife, happy life. Yeah, you know, I mean, my wife's favorite, her favorite movie in the world, she said, she's told this to me many times, is the first Harry Potter movie, which is just the wrong one, first of all. It's not the best one. But I think she just, she just loves the world. She loves magical things and whatnot. And so we were, we were alone. We had a rare day where my son was at, uh, the in-laws house and you know our babies were asleep and I was like what do you want to do tonight and she's like you know I've heard from people that this Hogwarts <laughs> game is pretty good and I was like yeah literally every single person at work and everybody online is playing it she's like well can we get it and I'm like yeah we can get it like I'm not gonna like you know I will never if my wife wants to pay for a video game that's just yeah okay I don't have to worry about you getting mad at me for spending money on a video game we can get it together and like I want to play this game but I was expecting to play mm-hmm. it later and so uh, yeah Kylie is my wife Kylie she is a Slytherin uh, she's mm-hmm. probably about Good two choice. to three hours two yep two to three hours <laughs> into the game you know uh, pretty pretty low-key but last night a strange thing did happen where uh, we were downstairs playing it. Leave. I wanted to see a little bit of it, and I was like, "All right, it's time for bed." She's like, "Hey, do you mind if I stay down here and play?" And so I went upstairs with my son. She played by herself for probably a good hour, um, which was kind of cool because she's mm-hmm. literally never done that before in her life. So, um, you know, if this allows her to get more comfortable with rotating the the second joystick to feel, you know, get the feeling of the camera to just kind of understand how video game logic works. You know, if something's highlighted, it probably means you can interact with it. Like, that's kind of the level we're talking about here. So if this is a gateway into, you know, understanding that more and finding more things, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had this note to ourselves that uh, we have not seen as many people that we know in our own personal lives all playing this game at the same time. It It's wild to open my friends list and just see how many people are playing it, how many people come up to us and say this is the game they're currently playing. Um, you know, just that Harry Potter brand, man. 
I did not expect it to that level. <laughs> I mean, did you see some of like the? I think the things were coming out today or yesterday about like how much money it's made and like oh, how successful it truly is. Yeah, it's it's, it's doing incredible, and you know it's only I think it on current 12, gen platforms right now. I think twelve million, dude. Twelve million in a week. Elden Ring just passed twenty. Like yeah. that's the level we're talking about. <laughs> like, I didn't expect it to do that. I think I think they said eight hundred eight hundred fifty million dollars in profit already. It's on track to make more money than any single Harry Potter movie has made. It's going to be the most profitable Harry Potter thing, which is just incredible and yeah. pretty cool. Pre- shows the power of video games for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Coming. No, it's already being made. <laughs> They're working on it right now. Um, before I get into what I wanted to talk about with the game, did did you have did you have anything that you noticed or in in the hours that you're kind of being the uh, co the co passenger on this game? Yeah, I mean, I uh, it's, I haven't seen a ton of it. I, I thought the the beginning was a little slow for me, I, you know, but it wasn't bad by any means. It was just like I want to see the Hogwarts. I want to see the castle. Let me get to the castle. Right. I want to see the castle. And you kind of start off, and you kind of, you know, as you would expect, you need a little backstory. You need to figure out who the bad guys are, what's going on. You're just entering this world. You're not going to be immediately just in the castle. So, um, but it was yeah. Once you get there, man, it's it's. It was similar to the feeling I had when I played the South Park Stick of Truth for the first time, where I'm like, I'm, oh, I get to interact with this town that I've only seen on a very passive way my entire life, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, but I have not seen enough of it to really generate opinions otherwise. I will say sure. combat seems, at least of this right now, okay. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's cool that you can use, like, Leviosa and things to, to lift people up and mess with combat that way. But, uh, um, no, I... I, I don't have many opinions besides that. the The conversations do seem a little stiff as well. I will say, but yeah, it's, 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 it's that old deal. school game design of yeah, you it's know, like back Bethesda. and forth, back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's pretty lifeless. <laughs> but I will imagine the the biggest benefit, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, or the biggest draw of this game is just simply once you get to the open world nature of it, and you can just kind of go and be free. I imagine that's when the game really becomes fun. <laughs> uh, no. Uh-huh. All right, cool. <laughs> you you uh, tell me, bud. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can go right into like I'm running into a few. Uh, I'm about 30 hours in now, uh, so I have a few uh, negatives. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into that one. Is the open world fatigue? And uh, uh, this is this is what Assassin's Creed does. Um, the map in this is just way too large. It's filled with too much stuff. Um, an insane amount of stuff. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't know who would have fun cleaning up this map. Uh, this, this platinum is just not happening. I'll admit that right now. <laughs> it's just, sure. you know, when you got it, like as you, as you listed when we, when we were just barely previewing the game, all the collectibles, and that seemed insurmountable. Being in the game is just like I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting very tired of doing everything. Um, so that's the first thing, and 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 I that happens once you get the broom, like the world opens up, and it's just like, oh wow, there's just there's something everywhere, but that outside of the Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, none of it is that interesting. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same same little small little towns that have the same little fetch quest that lead to camps or just, you know, different enemies, and you're gonna fight the same enemies a lot: spiders, trolls, goblins, wolves, whatever it may be, um, poachers. Um, yeah, and it just it just wears on you. And then uh, the next negative thing is the loot system. Uh, okay. and this is probably negative to me, not to a lot of people, but uh, you get a lot of loot in this game, and you do have a very limited inventory. 
and I'm gonna say 90% of the loot you get in this game is not even not even gonna upgrade your gear. And you're not, you okay. know, it's just it's just trash. Yep. <laughs> you know, it just exists to fill a slot in your inventory. Maybe it'll because you can change any piece of gear in this to another piece of gear. So you might get a new cosmetic option if it's a unique piece of gear you haven't had before. But from the I'm junking, you know, 98% of the things I pick up. It sounds like Borderlands. Yep, yep, yep. And so I just I just get sick of that mechanic of, oh, I'm in Hogsmeade, better go to the store and sell all my gear while I'm here. You know, the last yep. thing I do is want to open a chest and go, oh, your gear slots are full. You you can't pick it up. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it I'm more of loot that matters, <laughs> not yep. the quantity of loot. Uh, because, again, it just, it just sits there to be picked up and be junked. Um, and I wish there was just an option to just automatically junk it. Like, just just turn it to gold the second I pick it up. If it's yeah, not. <laughs> that type of stuff's good for high school John. Not good for 35-year-old John. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> and then my last criticism of, criticism of the game is, you know, coming off of Marvel's Midnight Suns where you had this mechanic where uh, you would hang out with the other people in the Midnight Suns. You would go out and do stuff with them. You would, you would have conversations with them. You would learn more about them and have... You know, they didn't have relationships in that game, but you would like increase a friendship level. Uh, there is none of that in this, and it, it kind of suffers for it that uh, you can't go and hang out with all these students you're meeting. Uh, they all kind of just serve as um, a quest of a quest provider, and then uh, three of them lead to a much larger quest. Like they have a they have a bigger quest, but even your interaction with them is very limited. Like you don't you don't have the option for a romance, or you don't have an option to like specifically choose this friend over another one to, and have some kind of bond, or even just to bring them on normal missions. You know, any mission that's outside of them, they're not there. So. Uh, it's just something that's that's missing that I think would really enhance this game. And if you were to ask me like a wish list of things for the sequel, which is eventually eventually coming, uh, that would be on there. It's just a way to kind of feel more connected to the students there and choose how you want to interact with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about about the game is uh, this game is heavily involved with PlayStation. I don't know, John, if you ever saw the PlayStation exclusive stuff. I mean, I know when you buy it, it's it's you know it gives you like oh you get this extra mission and then you get some extra uh, <laughs> cosmetics I think some wardrobe stuff but I didn't really see anything else on top of that. Yeah, so you get an exclusive quest which is called Haunted Hogsmeade, and uh, you know is it the best mission in the game? <laughs> as we, it is very good. You're, you've okay. picked it out of my mouth. But as yeah. we talked about before, like these really don't do anything. Like I don't think like if you had access to all platforms, the exclusive quest is gonna make is gonna be make or break it, right? Is <laughs> where you're gonna play this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that being said, the quest is very good. It is one of my favorite quests in the game. It's like it's got a very horror theme that is kind of absent in other uh, quests in the game. And it's very meaty. It's very long, and um, and it ends with you getting your own shop in the game. And then <laughs> the shop, when you sell items to it, you actually get a monetary benefit. So Ooh, if you go no. to a regular shop, <laughs> if you go to a regular shop and sell your gear, you might sell it for ninety. But if you sell your gear here, it's going to be a hundred. And that's not really going to change the game very much for you. But it is kind of. I'm gonna li- not gonna lie. This is kind of a bummer that other platforms can't see this this part of the game. Yeah. Like I said, it was very good, and including I I, I want to mention it, one a very cool boss fight. 
uh, at the end of it too, which did a unique uh, twist on it that I, I had fun with. Um, yeah, Sony was very, very, very smart to get in bed with this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think they they proved that, and it's only gonna. I think it's only gonna widen the gap of, of consoles sold. I, you know, anybody who's looking for a PS5, obviously they're interested in this game because, like Nick and I said, everybody under the sun is playing this right now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, if if that if word gets out that you know, or if people share that same sentiment that you had, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer at that point. Yeah. yeah. Just- it's just like I hate that they did this, and then at the same time I'm like, wow, that was really good. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God to play a PlayStation. Yeah. All right, so. I gotta ask how how after 30 hours in the game, how mm-hmm. do you feel about the combat overall? Because that was I'm a combat guy. I, I thrive on gameplay, and um, does it does it get good to the point where you're you're mixing in spells, you're doing cool things, or are you still just R2, 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 spell, R2, 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 <laughs> spell, R2, or is it that? You do get into like a rhythm of kind of like juggling and, and whatnot, but you can only assign four spells at a time, and that really kind of limits you because it's clunky to switch spells mid-combat. Uh, so, like, if you want to keep the combat flowing, like a Batman Arkham game or Spider Man, you don't want you don't want to, you don't want to switch that wheel. So, while I've been plugging different spells in there, especially depending on enemies, I wish there was a better way that I could use more of my arsenal. You know, depending on in just a normal combat encounter, like you know, if I'm if I'm walking up on the undead guys, I know to switch to my one that uses a lot of fire. You know, and that's yeah. fine. But if I want to switch mid-combat because, you know, either a new enemy showed up or there's a mix of enemies and I want to mix in some ice spells or some of my my dark art spells, uh, you can't. It's just, it's, just clun- it's just clunky. It takes you out of the combat to, to change that wheel. So um, Yeah, that's going to be the shit that gets Kylie for sure. <laughs> that's going to be tough for her. <laughs> but but when, you, when you settle on a one that's just kind of u- pretty good universally, it is fun. I. Like okay. when you find one that you like and you're and you're familiar with how to like work it to where you're either juggling or managing the battlefield better. Uh, yeah, it can be fun, but I think it's very limiting again to leaving it to the four face buttons. Yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to a developer because like I feel like that that specific complaint is one that happens a lot and it's obvious to see through. Like I'm sure at at uh, Avalanche they had the discussion of like do we want to use a system where you press R2 and then you can like, you know, pick your spell based on any of the face buttons or do we want to do a system where you press R2 it freezes time, you go into a radial menu and you select your spells that way. It's like Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a reason for doing it this way, but it's you know, if it seems like if that's kind of the issue, like a radio a radial Mechanic might might be a better system. Well, but. it's like a, again, as we talked about the reviews, it just seems like a game that was trying to do much, and we haven't really talked about it. But L one is like items, and you can get okay. like venomous plants and all kinds of things that go in the L one spot, like the the mandrake that's from the movies that screams. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have probably gotten rid of that entirely because it has in that are like potions that do the same thing that a spell could do. And then oh. if L one was just brings up a different version of that spell wheel instantly yep. that would that would be one way to the to levy that situation entirely so i think that's something that they they kind of missed on because they just were trying to bring in you know you know herbology and our bot bot botanists were a big deal in the the books and the story that we had to bring it here and yeah, my, bo- uh, my boy neville come on yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> um but uh yeah it like it, i still enjoy the combat sometimes sometimes you get in a good rhythm of you know especially now that i know kind of all the enemy types 
uh, you do sometimes get in a good rhythm, and it does feel good uh, to be in a combat encounter and handle okay. it per- perfectly. Good. Well, that's good. That's enough for me. <laughs> All right. So uh, I probably won't bring the game back up until I beat it. So Good. But well, uh, I'm sure it'll just be time for me to bring, up, bring it up on my <laughs> playthrough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, John, I'm excited to hear about Norco because I pretty much know little to nothing about this other than it is well-reviewed. Well, you're going to learn about not much more because I'm still like very early on into it. But my impressions are very positive, so I wanted to bring it. Um, and it's a pretty short game as well. So I think, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit here. You know, we're already kind of running a little long, so we don't have to jump into it much more. And if, you know, I get through it this week, uh, maybe we'll bring it back. But yeah, man, I, like I said, very positive impressions so far. So Norco... Um, is a game that came out last year. It was kind of a, a sleeper hit. It's one of those games, I think, Nick, where we just kind of went on Metacritic one day or Open Critic one day and was like, "What? what is this? Why do you have a 90? What are you? Um, <laughs> you know, this is a game uh, developed by uh, Geography, Geography of Robots, and it's sitting at a 90 on Open Critic with a 96% critic recommendation, um, which I'm a sucker for, as we all know. Uh, it was on sale for $8. Uh, you know, I just bought a pizza an hour ago for $14. So, like, whatever. Uh, and it had a personal recommendation from friend of the show, Will. So, you know, I think that was enough for me to at least give it a chance. And um, so far, yeah, very, very happy that I am. You know, this is, um, you know, much like Disco Elysium, it is heavily narrative-based. It's heavy reading. It's basically an interactive story. But... If you're in the mood for something like that, sometimes that's exactly what I want. And after getting through Dead Space, which, you know, stay tuned for our um, our episode on that. Nick and I will, will do a, a nice big spoiler cast on that. But the end of that game just knocked me out, man. I was, I was so just uh, ready to not shoot things. So I decided... You know, obviously, I'm going to get back into Elden Ring, but I wanted to, to maybe squeeze this in here. In here. But um, to just kind of give a little bit of a rundown of the story, um, Norco is a town based in Louisiana and it's does not seem like a good place you know this is kind of where petroleum gets refined uh there's these you know horrible towers all over the place that give it this very industrial dirty feel uh you know if you're kind of familiar with the deep south at all especially places like Louisiana which I have been to it's there's very few places that I've I've been to that made me feel as uncomfortable I think as Louisiana could not all the time but could and if you've seen you know something like True Detective season one you know that's uh, that's that's you know very very similar vibes but you take the role of a character named Kay uh, who has tried to leave Norco behind um, but had the death of her mother drags her back and she has to deal with uh, her brother as well who is definitely quite the character and so uh, the game does a very nice job, I think, in the beginning of just kind of giving you – getting you right into it but giving you enough of a backstory to immediately hook you. So, you know, the story starts and you see this gorgeous pixel art with this amazing soundtrack in the background. It's got a very kind of um, techno, rugged uh, vibe to it. Uh, you, you'll know when you start hearing to it. Kind of cyberpunky, but dirtier, I guess. And, hmm. uh, you know, and it's – uh, like I said, there's this gorgeous like pixel art going. And there's like this weird face in the sky. That's like, I, I don't know how to describe it. But you know, immediately jumping into it, I was hooked. And she's talking. You know, they're telling me the story about how I left Norco. I wanted to go. You know, find myself. I started patrolling the, you know, the suburbanites of California and through the Midwest and the Rocky Mountains. And like the writing is is phenomenal. It's very noir. Um, but I like the way that the, kind of the the gameplay also. Um, 
you know, pushes you through where, again, it's narrative. You're not moving a character. You're not really doing anything. But the amount of the, the dialogue choices that you do seem like they matter even if they might not matter later in the story and kind of what i mean by that is like you know you'll be she'll be mentioning her brother and be like yep and then i had to go back and see my brother he is dot 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 and then it gives you an option like he is my best friend or he is a lot and it like kind of really shifts how the story is going to progress i feel which i don't know if that's going to come true by the end of the game but it at least gives that sense that you are kind of developing your own k and how she feels about the characters around her um but again, like the the vibe of this is is so good, um, and is so when you kind of start, voiced? uh, no, no, okay. I don't think there's any voice, honestly. Okay. Not not thinking about it, it's all text. Okay. Um, but so you know, you you start in the game, and if you've played these old school point and click games, it's gonna operate the same, where you're effectively kind of looking at a static screen, and there's gonna be a, a myriad of things to click on on the screen. They give you different. You know, texture to what's going on, different story beats, things like that. But one thing that I do appreciate about this that I never liked about those kind of games is I was always scared that I was going to move on and not see something that I should have clicked on. And there, you know, all you have to do in this one is literally, literally hold triangle, and it shows you every single thing that's clickable on the screen. And there's ways to just cycle through to the next thing. So it can be a very passive thing, If again, if you're just looking for a story, um, which I am at the moment. Um, but uh, so far, I think it's doing a, a great job... Um, Again, with that world building, with that vibe setting, the characters I've come across, it's not a ton of them yet, but um, they are really kind of cool. Like, So I, I, I went to my house, and I went in the backyard, and there's just this weird... It looks like a human, but I don't a humanoid thing, and you go talk to it, and it's it's a robot. Basically, it's a robot that your mother, who just died, brought home to kind of be your companion or your helper around. And his her name's Million. I don't know why, but she's got a really cool design to her, and she's like kind of there fixing the garage and knows you personally, and obviously has a lot of layers to her. Um, so it's just like kind of one of those where you're going on this adventure, and you're you're going to come across a lot of wacky, weird, kind of normal, kind of weird but again when you when you put it under this louisiana dirty oil refinery light it it kind of makes itself um you know just stand out a little bit more and um you know i I just i think it's going to to be a a pretty neat little experience i I think it only clocks at six or seven hours um so you know something that you can you could beat in a weekend or so um but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty high on it now. Like I said, I'm probably only an hour, hour and a half into it. I kind of plan on sitting down and trying to knock it out before I, um, you know, move on to anything else. Obviously, besides Elden Ring, I I will do that, Nick. I promise you, I will do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty dang cool. I, I like these indie style things, and um, you know, if you are in for just a a quick story, and um, it seems like it's gonna get pretty fucked up. You know, uh, I think that's a lot of how these kind of stories, you know, obviously lean towards, mm-hmm. you know, you're not in Louisiana for fun reasons. You're in Louisiana for fucked up reasons. Um, sorry to any Louisiana people out there. Uh, New Orleans is wonderful. I fucking love New Orleans. It's a great place. But the rural area, areas of Louisiana are a bit shady sometimes. And uh, you the haters, the show. Yep. Yep. I know. Sorry if we'll have to, uh, you know, our, our large, large Louisiana listeners uh, out there. But uh yeah, it's just it, uh, you know, definitely worth the eight bucks so far, and uh, I'm excited to check out some more. 
For sure. Yeah, you're you're selling me on it. I think I might have to check this out too. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be that'd be cool. I'm, again, I don't know if it's still on sale. Um, I think it was part of like that PlayStation double discount sale that they it's they launched. It's only fifteen dollars on that. <laughs> it, no, for sure. But like you know, also if it is still on sale, I'm I'm checking right now. Uh, of course, I've bought it, so I don't know. It just says yeah. play. Uh, yeah, it's well, usually, if, if it, it's usually weekly, so it probably is not on sale anymore. But yeah. I'll, I'll well, keep it on either way, it's uh, pretty cool stuff, man. Pretty cool stuff. Cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate to ask this question. Do is it. it? Is it? What's the platinum like? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you. I don't know. Like that's interesting because like there's no power picks trophy guide. Oh, okay. There's really nothing, no big one. The only one I've seen is a three-hour YouTube video. I was like, I'm not watching a three-hour YouTube video for a six-hour game. <laughs> so what I planned on doing is I'm like oh, I gosh. said, you can hold triangle to see everything you can possibly click on. So unless if there's trophies that rely on answering questions in specific ways, uh, I should get a ton of it organically. And if the story is as good as I'm hoping it is, and if it's as short as it is, maybe. You know, maybe down the road I go back and I, I try to get the platinum because I want to see everything the game has to All offer. Right. But I'm, I'm going to kind of rely on it being good enough narratively to want me to come back for a second playthrough at some point to worry about that. All right. Okay. Well, I yep. guess I'll, we'll hear because Platinum Watch has been quiet lately on all fronts. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, been, a, yeah, it's <laughs> been a rough been a rough month. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on into our final topic, the returning, talking about HBO's The Last of Us. We are on episode six now, titled Kin. Boy, we're really trucking. (laughs) Yeah, and they they are just keeping that bar nice and high. I love it. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the episode. Uh, It kind of... Uh, re- recants or relives the uh, what happened last week with uh, Henry and Sam, as that is going uh, to have it take its toll on uh, our characters going forward. Um, but we do get a time jump of three months. Mm-hmm. Our pair is in Wyoming, uh, but we don't see them. We see a man walking into his house carrying some rabbits um, uh, to come in and find his wife sitting there and that they, she is being held at gunpoint by Joel. Um, and what we get here is a, just a hilarious, funny interaction as Joel is trying to figure out where in the hell they are. Cause Google maps doesn't exist. You ain't going to ways your ways to Jackson. So, uh, <laughs> right. just to yes, rely on the locals to, to, to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, the, I, I love I love it in shows that are as serious and dark as this. When you get a little of a comedic uh, levity, so yeah, this was a very endearing scene. Uh, I thought I loved I loved the wife. I love both of them honestly, but I thought the wife just had like that that natural comedic timing or just demeanor about her, where you know she's like, well, why didn't you shoot him? Or the, the husband asked, why didn't you shoot him? Oh, the gun's over there. I didn't want to get up and get it. <laughs> it's like so you gave him soup. Yeah, they were hungry. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, these people who are obviously not adapted to this world but have been living by themselves for so long that it's just like, you know, they're just they're just being themselves and and uh yeah, I I, I very much enjoyed uh their their limited time on screen for sure. Mm-hmm. What was the other line that was something about firefly people? 
Oh, something yeah. like, uh, you know, or Ellie asks, like, did you see the fireflies? And it's just something about, like, there's firefly people? And, uh, yeah, just just like, no. Obviously showing, like, if that was an earnest question, like, yeah, you have no idea what the fuck's going on out there, do you? No, you're just, no. you're just living life by yourself. Uh, no, the only thing they seem to know is that there is a river of death, and to cross it is bad, so you do not want to go west. Uh, they see bodies of humans and infected over there so they advise them not to go but you know joel wants to rescue his brother so they gotta keep moving on gotta do it <laughs> gotta do it um my i have the memory of the goldfish as, as we've sure. talked about was there any scenes between now and between when they crossed the river that you wanted to touch upon no i don't think so i think i think the next big part would be uh, when when they the horses kind of surround them yeah, we do get a view of the dam, which was a location in the video game that you played through, but they kind of just, just mosey on by. Uh, I think yeah, were, you a little, were you a little taken back by that? Like, or were you, when you saw it, were you like, oh, here we go? And then like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, guess, <laughs> I guess we're changing that. Or did no, you kind of just... No, I, oh, that, okay. that, that seemed right, like I, like, especially mm-hmm. with where we're, where we're ending up. Um, in hindsight, yeah, it's definitely the right call. I think and I think Joel has a funny line here. He's like, "Don't ask me how it works. <laughs> you know, yeah. I live for my power." <laughs> uh, I'm just a dumb country boy. But they do get across the river, and just as they realize, it's like, "Oh, this might be the river of death." Uh, they are surrounded by men, men and women on horsebacks who all point their guns at them. Um, oh, we didn't talk about the panic attack. <laughs> uh, oh, Joel, sure. Joel had a panic attack while leaving. Um, the couple's house that gave him directions, uh, and 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 in that scene, Ellie really seemed concerned because you know if Joel dies, she's fucked. So I believe she was really adamant. Are you dying on me? <laughs> you right. know. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because there is obviously that selfishness that Ellie is showing uh, because she is like, you are my lifeline. But you know, as we know, three months has passed. Um, they've developed a bond, right? Like they they mm-hmm. have that almost father-daughter relationship and this is the episode i i would argue this is the episode that that relationship fully forms um mm-hmm. but this is kind of like yeah one of those moments like dude no like i we care about each other now you can't do this also i'm fucked also you can't do this if you care about me you can't like can't do this um mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see see all that kind of start to bubble up yeah this was definitely a much slower episode overall and i think that the benefit of that was that joel and ellie really got the and pedro and bella uh, really got to show their chops off and really solidify that relationship because uh, yeah. with the more screen time. But uh, as they're surrounded by these me- these people on horseback, Joel has yet another panic attack. He just doesn't know what to do. Uh, and I, I don't really know what he could do, especially because. with the- <laughs> There's a revelation that they have a dog that can smell if you're infected or not. And uh, <laughs> as we saw with the scanner and Ellie before, uh, this dog is once it realizes she's infected, they're gonna kill her. They're gonna kill her right on the spot. Um, so you have kind of Joel just sitting here, just like having another one of these panic attacks. Uh, and you know the screen zooms up out close, and the next thing we hear is just Ellie laughing because the dog's licking her face. Uh, yep. It is unable to detect uh, that she is infected, and everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but at this yeah, and then at this moment, right? Then they ask, uh, you know, Joel mentions, "Hey, I'm looking for my brother." Well, who's your brother? Uh, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no! It's not that, right? It's something like, "I'm looking for my brother. My name's Joel." 
and we find out that one of the uh, horseback riders is uh, somebody who seemingly uh, recognizes who Joel is, right? And mm-hmm. so yep. they get back into town at this point, and this is really cool, right? Because in the game, you know, when you when you come across Tommy, like we mentioned, you're in the hydroelectric dam. That's kind of where your interaction with Tommy and, as we are about to find out, his wife Maria. Um, that's where your most of your interactions kind of happen with them. You, they talk about Jackson as a city. I believe you see it from a distance, but you never get to go in there. And so it's it's mm-hmm. kind of in this moment that's that's really really cool and like you said nick this was the right choice to not focus on the hydroelectric dam because we get to see inside jackson and this town i would live here i don't know about you man like i'd Mm -hmm. i'd I'd, i wouldn't have no no problems being in this town it looks safe as hell big fucking wooden gates they have power obviously thanks to the hydroelectric dam they have a sewage system vegetables Mm -hmm. livestock they have movie nights for god's sakes like it's not so bad like i think ellie even has that line that says holy shit this fucking this place fucking works yeah yeah yeah. it's and it's a huge location in the second game you know so that yeah you know it's it's finally great to see it on screen and just see you know again a society works you know there's there's another way you know than uh what we've seen up to this point between fedra and uh you know how Joel just doesn't trust anybody. Like, here's a community of people that trust each other and have kind of rebuilt society with their, what little they have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a, you know, great moment, obviously, riding into town and uh, moment Joel sees Tommy. I, you know, whether they had bad blood in the past, all feelings aside, this is brother instinct kicks in and yells his name in, you know, you could, you could feel it when he, when he mm-hmm. yells, Tommy, and, you know, they run and run towards each other, embrace. <laughs> I think Tommy was like, Hey, what are you doing here? Well, I was looking or I came to save you. <laughs> Which they obviously kind of <laughs> laugh off, laugh off because I don't think there's a safer person in the United States than anybody living in Jackson at this point, at this moment. So, um, you know, really, really cool to see Joel kind of, you know, accomplish at least this task you know right. what he set out to do right right yeah it's a weight off his back to know that his brother's okay because as we're going to learn throughout the episode is kind of like joel was the protector of tommy and told tommy what to do in order to protect them both mm-hmm. um so but we'll we'll definitely get into that um yeah and so they uh they you know they feed uh joel and uh ellie and ellie has you know is it her typical smart mouth self? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, the interesting to be around at? strangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, she says, who the fuck you looking at? And she says it to a person that looks it pretty closely resembles a big character from the second game, Dina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember if they tell this story. I think they do of how, when they first, when Dina first saw Ellie. And I think it is similar to this. I think you're um, right. I, I I've been so have. removed from, I haven't played Last of Us 2. I only played it once uh, two years ago, so uh, three years ago now, uh, that I, I don't remember, but but it's it. She looks too closely like her to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to not and that's eat. definitely the type of thing that a, a creator loves to be like. See, see, see. I, I laid the breadcrumbs. There's the breadcrumbs. Yeah, you know, they and love in, to the, in the companion podcast, they teased as much. They're like, they're not they didn't confirm or deny, but they, they you know they said as much as is it Dina? Is it not yep. Dina? I don't know. <laughs> Which um, means it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then in the scene is Joel wants to talk to Tommy alone, uh, but this is where Tommy reveals that Mar- Maria, the, the person that brought them here, is family now because they are married. 
Uh, this is yeah. Tommy's wife, um, which Joel doesn't respond very well to. <laughs> no, I mean this is where you know uh, if they when they initially saw each other, you know all bad blood and feelings for one another, you know evaporated because you're just so happy to see your brother. This is where those feelings and things started to kind of show themselves, and I think. You know, besides obvious the obvious horrible past that Joel and Tommy both had together, you know, killing innocent people and the the horrible things they had to do to survive, I think there's also a sense of Joel here that he's a little bit um, jealous. He's a little bit selfish. Oh, for sure. for you sure. know, where he's just like, "Fuck, man! Like you have everything I want right now. God damn it! You know, I uh, I'm on this mission that I didn't want to do at the beginning. Obviously, I still I care about this girl, but like." you got to help me finish this, man. Like, you know, we're brothers. Like, let's go do this. You know, you can help me. You're younger. You're stronger. Um, And come on, let's pack up your shit and let's go do this thing. Mm -hmm. And he just cannot accept that Tommy or that Joel is no longer Tommy's most important person in the world. Maria Mm -hmm. is. And not only is Maria, but we find out that Maria is pregnant, which, you know, again – Joel, that's everything Joel has ever wanted. Joel has only ever wanted to raise his daughter. He only ever wanted to see her grow up to have grandchildren. And so Tommy is obviously going to get that chance. And I don't think Joel, he, he just he just can't accept that, right? You know, I think there's that, what, what does he say right after Tommy tells him that Maria's pregnant or something? Like, like, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, I guess we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah. And it's like, are, Tommy like calls him on it, right? Are you fucking, that's all you fucking got? Right. And, uh, yeah, well, because Joel's not wreck to that. There's a scene earlier uh, where Ellie asked Joel like what he wants to be if you know if if things were if he could just relax, right? And yep. he says uh, sheep herder, which <laughs> I don't I do not believe Joel wants to be a sheep herder because I actually believe like he would be a dad like that would be that is his answer like if yep. if if his Sarah was still around he would that would be his answer he's like I'm just I'm just a dad. You know. Right. Well, and yeah, and he can't. He can't say that to Ellie because Ellie uh, still, t- like, which I had a hard time. I was like, oh yeah, fuck. She still doesn't know about Sarah because I believe it's well. at some point where Ellie's off with Maria that Maria mentions something about Joel's daughter, and she's right. kind of like, what? Well, because she's Don't in even- the house, and there's mm-hmm. two names over the for- the fireplace, like uh, like almost right. like gravestones that kind of list the the years that two people, I believe Kevin and Sarah, are. And in, when Maria finally shows up, she asks him about it, thinking that those are her kids. And mm-hmm. she says, well, Kevin's mine. Sarah is Joel's. Yep. And kind of has this realization, like, oh, fuck, I'm the one that told Ellie about this. Ellie had no idea, um, which is going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Um yeah, do you know where this? I, I'm, I'm goldfish. Goldfish. Uh, bail, the, bail me on next. Ellie's in a movie night. Joel's in a in a work area, being a handyman, trying to fix his shoe. Uh, Tommy comes in there to talk to him again to try and kind of fix where things left off. Uh, and this is where Joel comes a thousand percent clean with Tommy. Uh, he comes clean about what happened to Tess. He comes clean about what happened. Uh, what? Why he's bringing Ellie? That she's immune. And he kind of breaks down as a man uh, in front of his brother and kind of finally admits that his weakness, that he's, you know, he's losing it. Like, like that he almost got them killed in Kansas City, uh, that he almost got them killed with when, you know, Maria and the other people on horseback came. He just kind of finally, you know, in the Henry and Sam thing, uh, just mm-hmm. kind of just, it loses it. It finally, Joel gets that moment of weakness. Yeah. 
and uh, kind of just forces Tommy to that he's got to do it. Like this is this is, he can't right. be he can't do it anymore. Well, and it is incredible to me in in these in this story because I think it's happened a little bit. It's happened with Tess, and it's happened here where it's just like really doesn't matter how strong your resolve is whether it's personal whether it's you know more macro than that and you're trying to save a large group of people it's like the the line of she's immune just stops everybody it stops everybody if you say she's immune they're like no fucking way it doesn't matter what else is going on like okay well i gotta take her like i don't i don't really care if maria understands or not at this point because if i can you know if i can help make this world better for the people that are still in it that I care about, I'm going to do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and Tommy agrees, right? Tommy says, yep, I'll do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I I don't know, is is this the conversation that Ellie claims to have overheard? I, yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We, so we, we get can, a scene of Ellie leaving the theater and then uh, her attitude and then she'll she'll admit it later that she overheard it. Yeah, because in because in the game too, she runs away, right? You have to like get a horse and go find her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big gameplay yeah. moment of yeah, the whole yeah. shootout in the house and all that. Yeah, yep. So we we get to skip that entirely though, where we basically kind of, I believe, pick up with Joel trying to find Ellie, and she's up uh, up in a room reading a journal, right? And this this uh this scene is is great for many reasons, but this is what, probably the most one for one scene. Uh, from game to show, I, I I feel like we've seen so far. You know, with the exception mm-hmm. of you know some minor moments, but this is they they made a point with this scene to mimic it as close as they possibly could because I believe Craig Mazin said uh, it's one of the most powerful moments in the entire game, and you know it sent chills down his spine when he first played it. So he wanted to do his best to recreate that and to have that level of impact uh, exist uh, in this medium as well, and. You know, I know Bella had a, a quick interview of saying about how nervous she was to do this scene because, you know, it's one thing when you're acting and you're allowed to kind of put your own flavor onto something. But if you're literally going in for an exact replication of a something, that's got to be much, much harder to do. And when that scene is the most emotional impact that this one has, uh, you know, elevates it even further. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but they nailed it, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, fucking nailed of it. Of course. You know, this Not is surprising. the famous scene from the game where – you know, they kind of uh, again. Joel is broken at this point. He's he's pretty much given up what you know his his mission is, and he's gonna put the put Tommy in in control. And Ellie kind of just you know gives him gives him a, a choice, like, do you care about me or not? And he says, yes, I do. Okay, well then, you know, let's fucking get this done. Um, I can't. What is the exact line that causes Joel to say, well, "You're right." She- well, she, I mean, she confronts him on Sarah. Like, that's the big point. That's right. He's like, that's I'm right, not right, Sarah. Right. Like, and he's like, yep. no, you do yep. not get to talk about this. Like, this is not, you know, this is not something you get to even touch upon. Yep. Um, and and so, yeah, this is kind of like, you know, she, it's, you know, they're kind of letting it out. Like, she, I, this is obviously where she wants her to be her father figure. Ellie does. And Joel doesn't want it again. He just broke down not ten minutes ago, and is like he's not gonna get hurt. He's not gonna yep. have that relive that Sarah moment again. Yep. Uh, so, so he's just he's just not having it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's just it's just raw and uh, frustrating because you obviously want them to get along, um, but it's just it's it's just so good because it's, it's yeah. how humans are. This is how humans act. You know they. 
<laughs> they they yeah. don't do what's best for them because they don't want to get hurt. They don't want to be vulnerable. So I, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, what is the what was the most impactful moment of this game for me? Especially the first time I played through it, I don't really remember. But I, it's got to either be the Henry and Sam moment or this this scene for me. Um, you know, obviously, there's the end of the game's important, powerful, and all. But like, I fully expected in this scene where like Ellie's like you know, I'm not Sarah, you're the only one who's never fucking left me, or everybody's left me except fucking you, and uh, Joel saying, you're right. I was like, oh, he's gonna give her a hug or something, and for him to go, you're not my daughter, and I sure as hell ain't your dad. It's just like, oh, no. That's the most mean thing you could have said, dude. And, uh, you know, and it's Again, it's at this point, they've been together for so long, too. You yeah. Know, like, it's like they, you, you would we think there would be some, some the kind of bond, yeah. <laughs> They we survived so the much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so, you know, he leaves the room and, and Ellie, you know, I guess just has to, whether she has a choice, you know, wants to or not, put her faith in this other guy that she has just met. Um, you or know, does so, she? Or does she? <laughs> yeah, because we, we get to see, we don't have to be, you know, distraught for too long, um, where I believe that the very next scene, right, she's kind of waking up, getting ready to, to leave with Tommy, uh, and Joel is already down at the stables, you know, kind of with a horse, um, I believe even Craig and Neil said that like he was planning on leaving, but he just couldn't because he still feels that draw to Ellie, whether he wants it or not, whether he, you know, thinks she's Sarah or not. It's there, and uh, the purpose—it's his purpose. It's his purpose. As, his as purpose to be a dad is, is, is brought up many times. It's his, his job to protect people, and Ellie is now that purpose. So, yep. Yep, and you know Joel kind of just has this moment. I was like, all right, well, I just thought she could have a choice, and all right, let's go. And just Ellie just shoves the bag into his <laughs> into his gut and says, "Fine, fuck it, let's just go. Let's forget about it. We're gonna go finish this thing. No big deal." And yeah. uh, and then we get a wonderful, wonderful scene of you know Joel. I finally embracing. I am I am going to try and be your dad, and I'm going to start teaching you things. And what's the first thing that could be useful in this world? Well, shooting, right? Or I'm gonna mm-hmm. shoot. I'm gonna show the you rifle. how to shoot. Yep, so I'm going to show you how to shoot a rifle. They're smiling with each other. He's kind of in this hugging stance with her where he's got his arm around her like any parent knows that you do with your kid when you're kind of showing them how to do something. Ellie's struggling with it as every single parent, again, knows when you show your kid how to do something for the first time. They're like, this is impossible. I can't do it. Nobody could do this. You do it. And then he does it, and he gets a fucking per- perfect bullseye. And I loved what Craig and Neil said on their podcast about it because, like – I think they said something along the lines of it's one of those moments that we all have where your dad becomes a superhero or where your dad just, you know, is able to do the impossible. Well, you don't know how they do it, but they do it. And I cherish those moments as a dad. I, I, I try to insert those moments anywhere I can with my son. If he's like doing mm-hmm. something, I'm like, oh, let me try. And, I, you know, if I could do it the first try, he's just, what? You know, it's such a good <laughs> feeling. And so, um, you know, I was able to really connect with this scene and, um, you know, it's it's the beginning of a beautiful thing, but it's also one of the most dangerous moments for them on a personal level, as people of the entire story know, uh, you know, where, where it eventually leads to. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, and uh, we also get some good lines here as they head to, what, Eastern Colorado, this fake, yep. uh, this fake school. Um, where Joel explains that he was a contractor in the past, yeah, <laughs> and that, that everybody great. loved contractors. Nobody <laughs> loves. Yeah, no, that was yeah, that was really awesome. Uh, him explaining football, to Ellie, just just a lot of good stuff. But uh, yeah, we gotta get to the the infamous college uh, where I was waiting for the infamous scene. Um, 
because uh, they get there. Uh, there are no fireflies, but there are, in fact, raiders there. Um, Joel witnesses, oh, and there are monkeys. I can't let, there has, you have to mention oh, the yes. monkeys. Um, but uh, there are raiders there. Um, and in the game, I guess we'll get, we'll get with what happens here. Uh, so they try and get their, their way out of here. Uh, one of the raiders sneaks up on them again. I think, I think almost he kind of, which one is Joel's bad ear? It's his right ear. Of course, he comes from that side. Yeah. They're always gonna yeah. they're always gonna point that out. Uh, yep. A raider runs up on them with a bat from his right side. Joel gets in a tussle with them. In the chaos, Joel gets stabbed in the gut with the broken bat piece. Pulls Ugh. it out. Blood gushing out of him. Um, thankfully, they get on the horse in time and run away. Um, but uh, I was really hoping for John's favorite scene of what really oh, happens. <laughs> In which, in a tussle, uh, Joel falls from the second story to the first story and has a piece of rebar poked through his gut. <laughs> like, oh, I, I wanted that scene. <laughs> yeah, I was I was stealing myself, uh, right, getting ready for it. Like, I love horror. I love gnarly things. But there's something about that scene, man, that's just like, it's just, I don't know if it's because it feels real. Because, uh, like, you just try, start to think for a second about the fact of a piece of rebar going through you. It's not even sharp. It's just a blunt thing. It's just yeah, like. Yeah, and it's going in one way, coming out the other. Going in, yeah, and <laughs> You know, and he's got to pull himself off of it, and it's like, oh my god, I can't, I can't do this. But uh, so not quite as bad here, but obviously the same result. Where um, as they're kind of, you know, going away, um, you know, on the horse, Joel, he ain't looking too hot, man. He's uh, yeah. he's hunched over, he's pale, you know, he's he's clinging on for dear life, and he, he falls off that horse. Um, and similarly, similarly to uh, when Ellie, you know, had. Uh, when Joel had his first panic attack and Ellie was kind of like, you can't leave me. Like I'm not, I'm fucked. Uh, now she's really feeling that, you know, yeah. because, <laughs> because Joel died guys. The show's over. He's dead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we don't no, know because, what happens. <laughs> no, we don't know what happens to Joel, but he is, uh, he is on the ground. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be a miracle to save this man. And, uh, I believe it cuts to black <laughs> right about there. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the end of the episode. So, yeah, just yep. the, again another another great episode. It, really, the with the anchor being the performances of everyone in this episode, yep. it, the action was kind of on the down low. You know, a lot of I think a lot of people are like still adjusting to like this isn't a video game. <laughs> like you're not gonna right. have extended shootouts and all that. Um, that uh, everything's gonna be quick and it's gonna be fast and but the, but the, all the the beats are gonna be there. But still, yeah, just another great episode. I just, I, I'm very excited yep. know, to keep going. I, li- I, I liked what, what they had to say about this one, too, where it's like, you know, we felt that this was still one of the most um, action-packed episodes of the season. It's just from an emotional level. It's from a yeah. character level. It's not from yeah. physical bloaters coming out of the ground, but, you know, of... You know, you watch the scene of Joel and Tommy and Joel breaking down, and like, yeah, it's you can't look away from that kind of stuff. It's it's right. so good, it's so well acted, and I just want to remind you, Nick, that I did say before this show even showed up, Bella's getting a nomination, Pedro's getting a nomination, Nick Offerman's getting a nomination, and I believe <laughs> I threw Anna Torv in there, and I'm not so sure about that one, but for the other three, I'm standing confident with those. Right. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, 
I'm looking right now. It's currently the 16th best show of all time, according to IMDb. So, you know, watch out, Rick and Morty. You're number 15. It's coming for you. Yeah. Oh, it'll so. it'll pass it by the time this season's up. So Probably, yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Unless if it somehow, you know, I don't know, pisses off. I don't know. They could get, you know, quote unquote, woke with it again and piss off an entire group of people. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the next the next episode is titled Left Behind, which shares the name of the DLC for Last of Us Part 1. Uh, so we, we as video game players, definitely know what to expect. But uh, this episode could easily be the best yet, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, it's, Bella's, it's, if, Bella, if Bella can pull it off, I mean, this is probably going to be the, the toughest test of her acting chops, I think, because she's yep. going to be front and center of the whole episode so yeah this is a very very intimate thing for her and um you know if if the entire story of the last of us has the emotional highs and lows and things you know the last left behind the dlc from the game is has those same low and high just a kind of a little more concentrated so uh yeah get ready for some uh you know for some you know have your tissues ready you might want them <laughs> yeah. might want them all right so that is six things uh, do we have anything to tease for next week? Uh, we are definitely going to have the bonus episode, so you're going to you get to hear us twice as much next week as uh, we'll be diving deep into Dead Space. Uh, the plan is to have it posted Monday the 27th, but if push comes to sound, it'll at least be out by the 28th. So if you are playing through Dead Space, plan on finishing it by then because we'll be spoiling all of it. Nice. Uh, um, and then as for the next show, more Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for me, I'll be, I'll be trying to, f I think I'm going to try and finish Norco by next week. I'm going to make that my, my task. And then, uh, you know, if I don't want to do that, if I'm feeling more action heavy, I'm going to, you know, get my, my Elden Ring back on. Uh, but if I, once I beat Norco, Elden Ring is primary focus until that's done. Um, and, you know. Hopefully, I can get that done by Resident Evil, but I wouldn't fucking hold my breath. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd expect a lot of topics to come up uh, for the next uh, few weeks as <laughs> we yep. kind of try and get through these big meaty games that we're playing. So um, and, sure. then, and kind of a little bit of a breather between, yeah, like you said, you know, really, you know, we're a month away from Resident Evil Four, so we'll take the time to, to tackle yep. these backlogs. This is a good one, Nick. What are, what's our runtime right now, man? Where are we at? This is a big, this <laughs> is a big boy. We're at an hour and 46 minutes right now. All right. <laughs> That's not Should adding the, the clips and all the songs. Do you want to talk for 14 minutes about I Think You Should Leave? Just to hit two hours? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm good, man. I am yeah, me good. too. My, my, uh, my son is probably mad at me. I told him I'd be done by six. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, so the song we're leaving you on, uh, we've brought it up before. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 has an amazing soundtrack. Uh, it has not been featured as a song on this show, uh, but I wanted to bring back the classic They're Back by Yuzu, Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, a great track. That whole, that whole game is amazing. All right. I kind of want to go back and play it. And I just want to let you know, Nick, I'm taking off my pants and putting on my PJs right now. Okay. Just want you. To, I just want you to envision that. Oh, that's okay. It. That's all. That's okay. all. That's all. Uh, TMI, man. I don't think uh, myself no, or the no. listeners need to know. Uh... Oh, they want to hear it. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I, you know, it's my apologies for having my horrible voice this week on my my horrible headset because I didn't think far enough ahead to get my nice mic. So, I apologize to the listeners, all fans out there. Yep, there's my full name. Sorry, you're gonna have to beat that one out, Nick. Uh, I love you all. <laughs> Nick, this Nick's podcast is ending abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's going to kill me. All right. So, uh, 
yeah, enjoy the song, and then we will be back in a few days with that bonus episode, and then back in a week with six more things. So, bye, guys. Bye, guys.